Welcome to the Crohn's Corner Podcast, where shit sucks and I hate my guts. Brought to you by DagsandCo.com, where you can find the latest trendy t-shirts and accessories designed by yours truly. I am your host, Dom D'Agostino, aka the Crohn's Father. Thank you so much for joining us on episode two. I realize episode one sort of ended on a cliffhanger, um, so if you made it this far, Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining in and following along on this journey. The feedback and response from episode one was absolutely amazing, uh, very encouraging. Um, So I'm here again. Uh, I've added a front camera. I hope my fresh fade today is uh, decent enough to look at for the next uh, several minutes as we dive into episode two, sort of a part two from episode one. So we'll just dive right back into uh, when I was first diagnosed with Crohn's disease until now. Um, If you've been following along um, to any of my social media pages, um, you will have seen that I now have a bag uh, attached to my belly, which is called an ileostomy, Um, not to be confused with a colostomy or other bags of that variant. We can get into those details later on, but having an ileostomy and the current setup that I have, it can actually be reversed and I still have all of my organs intact. So that is awesome and uh, optimistic and encouraging for the future. A little caveat, I do have a colonoscopy coming up on Tuesday in which hopefully that will um, help us determine which type of medication will suit me best uh, for the future in hopes to reverse this ileostomy uh, back to normal. Just give me a little scar and be on my way. Uh, So this is for anybody out there that has Crohn's disease or IBD or IBS that has taken any of the biologicals. Um, We can get into this way later, but I cannot take Remicade. I am allergic to it. I have tried that multiple times. It does not work with my body. The last time I took it, I was in one hospital and I left on a stretcher and an ambulance to another hospital. (laughs) So I cannot do Remicade, but if anybody else has suggestions um, about medications that have worked for them, I am all ears. I am optimistic to listen. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now, but let's flash back. So I used to tell people I was 17 when I was first diagnosed. It just made sense. Maybe it just rolled off the tongue better. I don't know. But I was a junior in high school and it was basketball season. So that means I was actually 16. Um, And I'm pushing 30 now. Uh, So that's been damn near half my life. And the first several years of my diagnosis of Crohn's disease. Yeah, again, full disclosure, I'm not an expert on Crohn's disease, but I am an expert with Crohn's disease. So take what I say for maybe not a grain of salt, but just don't quote me on it or take it to the bank. This is just personal experience and things of that nature. Um, Also, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, whatever, and anybody that knows how to work a green screen or can help me out here to get a cooler background, that would be cool. Uh, Back at it. Um, so when I was first diagnosed, I remember coming home from the hospital 
um, and pretty much in denial. Um, I don't know what it's like for any uh, anybody else out there that has had a, a serious diagnosis been told to them from a doctor or something of that nature. But I, you know, being 16 years old, I didn't really want to believe it. Um, I just, I also just couldn't wrap my, my head around it. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I didn't understand it. Didn't want to understand it. All I cared about was, uh, well, girls and basketball at the time. So, I mean, I remember telling my dad, arguing with my dad, like, yo, I was wrongfully diagnosed. Like, that dude does not know what he's talking about. He's got the wrong patient. I feel fine. I mean, other than my, like, pain in my rear end, um, it, I just didn't really, like, acknowledge it. I mean, I just, I, I lived my life as normal as possible. I remember, I remember looking at those pictures from my colonoscopy that I mentioned last episode that were supposed to be pink and that mine were, mine were super yellow, um, not healthy. And I remember, t I remember being dead serious and telling my dad, uh, yo, these pictures aren't mine. Like they got the wrong, they did the wrong scope. This is a wrong, like, and I believed it though. Like in my, in my, in my youth, in my child self, I really believed that they had, that these were wrong pictures. These were false pictures. I didn't, I didn't buy it. Um, and yeah, like, so for the longest time, I didn't acknowledge Crohn's, uh, obviously other than like the pain that I was dealing with, I just felt like that it was just pain. Um, and I was just kind of dealing with it, sort of just learned to live with it. I felt like it was normal. Uh, I went right back into basketball. Uh, as soon as I was medically cleared. I do remember wearing, I had to wear a D Wade-esque hex pad uh, that had, I mean, it had pads for my hips, which I didn't really need, but it did have a pad um, where your ass crack is. Uh, and it did feel very comfortable. It felt very comforting knowing that I was sort of protected uh, because I wasn't probably all the way healed and I probably shouldn't have been playing or running or being in contact sport for all that matter. But it felt right, it felt good. Um, and I went about there with my boys and uh, you know, whatever. Um, so I didn't really realize how much Crohn's disease consumed my life. Um, I just felt like everyone took as many shits as me. I just felt like it was normal. I that's what I, I grew it to be uh, normal. Um, I I really learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, I thought everybody woke up and took three shits before they went to school, and then took a couple of shits at you know during school, and then before basketball practice, and then after basketball practice, and then at work, and then at home. I thought that was normal. I don't know. Like I just thought that was. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was naive. Uh, so, you know, and I would have trainers, you know, before practice would start, I'd have like the sports uh, medicine, sports trainers, which I super appreciate to this day because it was kind of a cool relationship. They were learning from me. It was a new subject. It was a new topic for them to evaluate. So I'd have to go into like the trainer's office and put on my pants and they'd look at my butt and just kind of take notes or just for, you know, for their own learning. And I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it was a little uncomfortable, but like I said, I grew to be comfortable being uncomfortable and I knew they were just doing their job, but you know, something like,
going to the office to get your butt checked before you go out there and drain some three-pointers. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, and I remember the doctor sending me back to school with a restroom card. You know, that was, I don't know what it is now, but that was back. Some teachers would give you like one bathroom break a semester or a quarter. Sometimes they would give you nothing or, you know, you have three per, whatever. So I had a card that was basically like a get out of class free card. Like, yo, if I got to take a shit, here's my card. Talk to my doctor. I'm going to the bathroom. I guess it was really important to like not hold it and it would make things worse. And so I get it. But I went back to school on crutches. Uh, so that was like real fun. Like, why are you on crutches? Like, you have a, a leg injury? No, just stitches in my butt. Hard to walk, uncomfortable to walk. I haven't really walked in like three or four weeks because I've been in a bed with tubes at my butt, cameras at my butt, knives at my butt. But, um, you know, basketball went on. I graduated high school. Uh, I sort of just put it in the back of my head. Um, I tried some medicines, you know, right away, um, which we can get into that maybe in another topic. I have a couple guests coming on and we'll talk about medicines then, but I didn't really find a medicine that would work. And this is probably a whole nother topic or a whole nother episode as well. But every time I would start a medicine, I'd have to use some type of specialty pharmacy. And there was always some insurance interaction where basically my doses, uh, and maybe some people can relate to this, my doses would never be regular uh, because there'd be some type of holdup with the doctors and the insurance and they got to get approval and all this stuff. So I'd get like the first couple doses and then I'd miss a dose because of some type of delay or what have you with the insurance. It's rather frustrating. So it's hard not to acknowledge like, yo, maybe this medicine does work, but I didn't get a, it didn't get a fair shot in my body because it wasn't taken regularly. And part of that's my fault for not following up. Um, but I still blame insurance and I follow the money and that's uh, that's kind of how I feel about that. But like I said, you know, I didn't realize how much um, it really affected me or consumed my life um, other than using the bathroom a lot and being in pain. I grew accustomed to the pain. You know, like I said, I was next and on Tylenol, I would just take Tylenol or just put it in the back of my head. But when it would really start to affect me was when I would get like sick. Uh, and I was always prone to like strep throat or like throat infections and things of that nature. So when I would get a strep throat or some type of infection or something, it would be really bad where before, you know, when I was a kid, partly, partially because I'm young or whatever, I would heal up or, you know, take the antibiotics in a couple of days within like two or three days, I'm up and running. No problem. You just got to finish the antibiotic throughout the week and you're good. But with Crohn's disease, it's an autoimmune disease. It's an autoimmune disorder, whatever you want to call it. And the way I describe it and the way I've kind of been told is like all my antibodies and maybe white blood cells, I don't know if those are or not, they'd be all downstairs in my gut and in my rectum fighting all the flare up and infection and inflammation down there. Yeah, all my, all the stuff that would be fighting Say I got a strep throat, uh, and you know, in my esophagus or like up here in my in my head or whatever, I got a head cold. Well, 
it would last for like a week or sometimes two weeks and I would be like deathly ill because again the way I understood it was everything's down here in my gut and in my bottom fighting all of that stuff and it's not working its way up to the current problem that I'm facing, whether it be strep throat or pharyngitis or just the flu or a headache or whatever, maybe not a headache, but so I, it would take so much longer for my body to fight it off and heal itself. Um, and that's something that I didn't really acknowledge or take serious until, you know, I guess later on when I grew up a little bit, but I would get sick, sick, but you know, I still traveled. If you follow my life and social media, I still went and did things uh, because I didn't acknowledge Crohn's disease. I just pooped a lot and whatever. So I lived in Australia for six to eight months and then I traveled all over the place and Southeast Asia and, and stuff. And I came home um, in December of 2014. I could have kept traveling, but I had this gut feeling that it was gonna be my grandmother's last Christmas. So I scheduled a flight to come home. I came home December 5th or 6th. And I had also scheduled flights for my dad and I to go to Europe uh, like late or mid to late January. All that to say, I came home early December and I remember that New Year's Eve, New Year's, I didn't go out, I couldn't go out. I was on my deathbed. I thought I was gonna die, I was so sick. And I'm pretty sure it was just strep throat, but I was like sick, sick. Uh, you know, I took antibiotics the way I was supposed to, and I'm like, yo, I got a trip coming up. I got to get better. I felt well enough uh, to, that was, yeah, that was the year the Buckeyes won a championship, the national championship. So that was like, I think it was 2014, Cardell Jones. And the next day after that championship, I believe I was flying out to Europe. So my dad and I land, I don't ever forget this. I landed, I, we landed in London and we were there for like three days and I was like so sick. I did, I really, like I wanted to go home. I'd already been to London, I'd already been to Europe and I was taking my dad this time. So I sort of didn't care. I was like, yo, I'm sick. I've already been here, done that. I want to go home. I want to lay in bed. I feel so bad. But, you know, this was my you know, it's a gift to my dad, you know, for sending me to, to Europe and to Australia and New Zealand. Like this was my way to repay him, uh, to take him to Italy and stuff. So I wasn't going to miss out or I wasn't going to bitch out. So we stay there for three days and we fly to Italy and we had a hotel right near the Spanish steps, um, which I had visited back when I was like 14 or 15. So this was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool nostalgic moment. Again, all that to say, I was I was still feeling very ill, and I went into a pharmacy in Italy, right near the Spanish Steps and the McDonald's that I've been to twice now. What? Um, and I don't know how universal healthcare. I don't know how medicine works in other countries and stuff. I don't really care. Uh, that's a whole other topic. It's a whole other discussion. But I remember going to the pharmacy, and if you've been over there, the pharmacies are like these green crosses. So they stand out and they're pretty much everywhere. So I go there and I'm looking for some meds, like, you know, some cold or, you know, NyQuil type stuff, uh, over the counter stuff. And I look back and there was like three pharmacists, like in white lab coats. And I look at my dad, I think to myself, 
yo, I got nothing to lose. Uh, I might as well just go see what this is about. And I find this rather tall and super pregnant Italian pharmacist. I walk up to her. I say, hey, I got, I've got Crohn's disease. And I don't know if she can understand me or not. You know, where I'm in, I'm in Italy. I say, hey, I have Crohn's disease. I feel very sick. My throat hurts, this and that. Uh, I give her the whole spiel. She tells me to hang on. She goes to the back and hands me a bottle of Augmentin. And it was, she charged me like six euros or eight euros or something, sent me on my way. And I couldn't believe it. I popped the first pill and within a few hours, I'm feeling better by the, by the next day, I'm feeling like a million bucks. I'm ready to continue the trip. And I'll never forget that because I thought that was really cool and it helped me and I got to continue my trip and I came home and I went on another trip uh, to, do, do, to the Dominican Republic and New York City a few times. I went back to school. I was riding my bike to school, doing all kinds of stuff like that. Playing basketball again. I was playing pickup basketball, which leads into my next horrific story, which I tore my ACL playing pickup basketball with 40 and 50 year old men uh, on Sundays in an open gym, which is rather embarrassing. Um, but I was playing with my father, which was very cool. And we were dominating that day. And we were on our way to being like five and oh, or five and one that night. And we were about to win like 10 to zero. My dad actually passed me the passed me a full court pass for the game winning layup where I blew my knee out. So I blew my knee out. And all that to say, uh, during that surgery and recovery time, I had the worst flare up of all time. I, I legitimately thought I was gonna die. I thought I was dying. I was on my bed. I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. My, cause I was, I was taking pain pills, you know, for my knee, which I then later find out was not a good idea for people to have Crohn's disease or gut problems because it causes constipation. So then my body, my guts basically shut down, stopped working. My legs stopped working because I was in so much pain. I had no energy. I couldn't rehab my knee right away. I was supposed to start rehab like the next few weeks. That was in December of 2015 and I didn't get to start rehab until like February um, because it was so bad. Um, so I really thought I was going to die, but that's when I started to take Crohn's disease uh, more serious and I started advocating for myself and I started going to the doctor more and because um, I realized, hey, I went to the doctor. I had problems, they gave me medicine and they started this regimen and it started working and I started feeling like my, myself again, I started feeling better. And so I started like, hey, this is like a real thing and this is really affecting me. So that was 2015, it's 2021 now and um, that's all I can uh, advocate for is to advocate for yourself. And after that, it turned into basically biannual surgeries. Um, as I stated previously in the previous episode, uh, surgeries became kind of second nature to me. It seems like every six months I have surgery 
And it's like the same surgery where I get put under, um, they put a camera in my butt, um, they put some drains in, they remove some scar tissue, they uh, do a fistulotomy, they take, you know, they remove some fistulas or clean it out. And then I feel good for like six months. And whether I'm on a medicine regimen or a biological agent or not, you know, another six months goes by and it flares up again and I can't walk a whole lot. I get a pain in my butt. Everything hurts. I'm irritable. I have surgery and then boom, I feel good again and it's all good. And that's been my life for the past, uh, you know, four or five years. Uh, and to the point where, you know, um, my son was going to be being born soon. And I knew, and I know how much I wanted to be a part of his life and be there and be present and be able to wrestle around with him and run with him and go on walks with him. And, um, you know, up, up until he was born, I was like using a cane to get around at some points because of the pain. And I was so scared that I was going to be like a gimp father. Uh, and that really terrified me. And I think that's what pushed me into going through with this surgery to have the bag. Uh, I didn't know much about it. But I was encouraged the fact that it could be reversible at some point. You know, if I got my shit together and started eating better and, you know, things of that nature. And I, I did the surgery. But I also want to make a mental note that before, right up until I started surgery, I had the surgery. I talked with my primary care physician and he thought it was a good idea to put me on a, I think it's an antidepressant. Uh, I was on Lexapro. So this could probably be a whole other discussion and it will be another discussion, I hope, soon in the next few episodes with another guest. But the combination of the bag and Lexapro, I feel like really saved my life. I was, I've always been a crier. I'm, I'm still a crier. I cry out a lot of things. Um, I tear up about almost anything that's worth tearing up about. Um, I can't even watch like ESPN, like E60s without crying but before i was taking lexapro i couldn't even like drive from point a to point b without crying my eyes out or thinking that my life was over because i have a bag or i'm going to be getting a bag or uh, i thought my life was over so i got to give the doc some of those doctors a lot of credit for putting me in that position um to be to accept reality and to accept that hey this isn't over it's just a little stepping stone or it's a it's a little hiccup along the way and since you know i weaned myself i took myself off lexapro and i feel like i've never been more mentally stable i feel like i've never been more in control um so that's a very positive i don't know if my doctors would agree with that but i'm open to talk about that at another time i get a lot of questions about the bag when i know that when people know that i have it um, like i said up until I posted that picture on my social media a few weeks ago. Only, you know, like a select few people knew that I had that. I guess you probably wouldn't know if I, if I didn't tell you, which is, I guess is a good thing. And I guess I'll credit myself for that because I'm still trucking along like nothing happened or nothing's different. And we can totally talk about this. I mean, I'm, maybe I have a whole episode of maybe just the bag for that matter. But 
the most common question I get, and I, I think it's funny because I, you know, I would ask the question too. It's like, do you still poop? You know, do you still? And the answer to that question is, is no. Nothing, nothing is supposed to be coming out of my butt anymore. Um, I don't even fart. And sometimes I miss that, man. Sometimes I just want to just like rip one and I can't and I don't. I never get the urge and it kind of, it's kind of weird, but it goes into my bag. Um, maybe that's awkward, but I don't really care. Um, but in my particular situation, uh, stuff is still coming out of my bottom, which is not right and not normal. So this colonoscopy coming up on Tuesday is going to hopefully pinpoint some issues. And I've learned from talking with a doctor that the issues I'm having now might be a result of having the bag and the fact that the bag has done its job and the inflammation has, and the Crohn's disease has sort of left my gut. And now my body is just reacting to not being fully connected, if you will. So the solution to that is to reverse the bag. The problem and the caveat to that is if we reverse the bag, then problems in my bottom may arise more dangerously. And so reversing it might be for nothing. Um, but I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna be positive. I'm going to go into the colonoscopy thinking that something good is going to come from it. Um, and then I have a follow-up appointment with the same doctor, which he is going to discuss medicines with me. And I'm going to hope and think that we're going to find a biological agent that's going to be able to attack my bottom in a way that I can heal up or be managed enough and reversing the bag and going back to quote unquote normal will be a successful route to go. Um, until then, I'm gonna take it day by day. I'm gonna continue to live my life as full as possible, be there for my boy and hope to continue making these podcast episodes. Uh, as I stated before, um, I don't know when you guys are going to hear this episode. Uh, it is uh, September 1st and it's Labor Day weekend coming up. I have a guest coming on, I believe, Labor Day. We're going to talk about diet, science, and nutrition. I have another guest coming on the following Wednesday who is a fellow high school mate of mine who also have Crohn's disease and we're gonna dive into his story. Very excited to get another perspective from that. So we got at least two more episodes coming out in the near future. Uh, I hope you're all still tuning in. This is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. This will be up on YouTube. Um, follow us on Twitter at Crohn's underscore corner. Subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and stay tuned for episode three. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dom D'Agostino, aka the Crohn's Father, and this is the Crohn's Corner Podcast.